1: absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, hello, and welcome to Food Network Obsessed. This is a podcast where we dish on all things food with your favorite chefs, food influencers, and Food Network stars. I'm your host, Jamie Sire. And today we have a former Miss Universe on the podcast to talk about her reality show worthy family dynamic and favorite date night meals. She is a model, actress, entrepreneur, restaurateur, and now on TLC with her new reality show, The Colpo Sisters. It's Olivia Colpo. Welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you. I know uh, life is, is very busy for you these days, so we appreciate you taking the time. I would make time for anybody affiliated with the Food Network because
2: it's my favorite <laughs> channel. It's gotten me through a lot of dark times. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: I think a lot of people can, can relate to that. And uh, we will definitely talk more about um, Food Network and your different um, forays into the Discovery family. But uh, let's let's take it back to 2012. Um, you won Miss USA. You went on to m- win Miss Universe. Um Take us back to that time. What was it like going from just being like a normal small town girl living in the smallest U.S. state in Rhode Island to having this global fame and recognition? It was so crazy. I feel like
2: there's obviously a ton of different ways to get into this industry, but for it to have happened overnight like that was definitely a unique perspective and experience. And um, it really was something that changed my life overnight. What do you remember about that moment specifically? I just remember looking down and being so excited to see my family and I remember when I won Miss USA they announced everybody from the state of Rhode Island or the entire state of Rhode Island please move to the left because I had <laughs> so many people there to support me that were so excited and that kind of is just what I grew up with just a huge community. Rhode Island is very tight knit and they were so proud. And I was proud to be able to experience that with people I really loved
0: and my little tiny state. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, for people who are not familiar with kind of the ins and outs of pageant life, give us a little peek into the hard work that goes into it. Like what's a typical day like for you when you're leading into a pageant like that? It was a lot of work. I
2: actually joined because I wanted
0: to I
2: was not really much of a college person. I was not really into partying then. I didn't really know where I fit in. And I wanted something that would take me out of the, the, be able to like get me out of those social social settings. So I did everything I did. I didn't even know how to put on makeup. I had to learn how to put on makeup. <laughs> I went to an all girls school. I didn't understand clothes. I did not, I was not groomed in any way, shape or form to be good in the pageant system. So I had to kind of teach myself every single thing, the different portions of the competition. I didn't really understand. I remember sitting there with like a notebook, watching them just writing down each s- section of the pageant. It was, it was so incredibly random. So for it to have ha- uh, unfolded the way that it did was completely uh, unanticipated.
0: What What are some key things that you learn about yourself during that time? I think you learn a lot. It, it
2: definitely challenges you when you, when you strive to achieve anything and you, stri- you set a goal for yourself, you learn a lot about yourself. So I think just, you know, doing the work in any capacity unfolds a lot about yourself and, um, teaches you a lot about yourself. So I would say it was more the discipline of everything that I hadn't had in that way.
0: And you mentioned, you know, uh- A small community, but like a a big heart with, with Rhode Island. You also come from a family of seven. How did everyone in your family react to the fame and how did it change the family dynamic?
2: It was so it was so weird. I remember my parents being really disappointed that I had even entered the pageant. My mom and dad did not want to go to any of it. They thought it was very vain. They didn't understand why I wasn't playing the cello. If I wanted to, you know, work on my stage presence, which is what I had said at the time, they didn't understand why I wasn't just pursuing the cello instead. So that was pretty interesting because eventually they did have to kind of put their feelings aside and Mm -hmm. support me, which they (laughs) did. I'll give them credit for that. But everybody everybody just thought it was incredibly random. They were like, "What are you doing? Are you insane?" <laughs> they they were very confused. And they were like, "Oh god, this is so embarrassing." <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were embarrassed that you won or
2: that you were doing it. Honestly, looking back at a lot of things in my life when I was like doing when I was doing them, at the beginning, I was always made to feel embarrassed, which is something I try to remind myself even now. Like I remember when I was doing all the pageant stuff, nobody thought it was cool until I won. And even with Mm -hmm. like influencing and all that stuff, nobody really, I I got so much shit for that until (laughs) people were just like, okay, all right, just let her do what she wants to do. And you know, it affords you certain things, but it's so, it's so funny how life works in that way. So no, anybody yeah. listening, don't forget it. if People are giving you a hard time for doing something and
0: they don't see the end goal or the light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep going. <laughs> I think that's a, a great reminder, a great message for everybody. Uh, we, we see that that family dynamic now on full display with your new TLC series, The Copal Sisters. At what point did the idea of a reality show come about and what compelled you to want to go for it? We had been approached a number of times
2: in our lives, honestly, because we have such a big family and there's so much going on and they're just kooky in a lot of ways. So I think it first, <laughs> I think it was first, um, well, it, it, it first happened organically just growing up, but when Instagram really took over, we would constantly get people saying, we need to see more of your family. We need to see more videos. And I decided that why not? Shop it around. And I go to the same gym as Ryan Seacrest, which is kind <laughs> of funny. So I, I asked our trainer if he could ask Ryan what he thinks I should do. And Ryan made an introduction to an amazing production company that we
0: work with very closely now. And the rest is history. Wow. Um, I mean, what what do you think of, you, you kind of alluded to it, but what about your family and specifically you and your sisters do you think like makes for compelling television.
2: I feel like it's really hard when you're like, when you're in it to, to speak on it because it feels just Mm -hmm. boastful in a way. I don't know. It just feels weird, but I will say, on behalf of my sisters, especially my older sister, Aurora, she's just funny. I don't know. She's just funny. (laughs) And my whole, my parents, it's the whole package. It's not just the sisters. It's my mom and dad. They're the real star of the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They, uh, they, they just constantly seem like bewildered and, and confused by it all, which I think is like, super charming and and relatable as well. Do you feel that way? Yes. And they're just, they're incredibly raw and real
2: and they have their priorities straight. It's always been family first. It's always been great gratitude first. Um, there, they really are very special people. And then my dad is just really out there. He's just really funny.
0: (laughs) I mean, what what elements of your life and family do you feel like are are kind of most nerve-wracking to to have on display for everybody out there?
2: Well, my parents have absolutely no filter, so <laughs> that is always in the back of my mind. We I've had to remind my dad multiple times like dial it back, if you don't know what to say, just say you got to go like I always tell people, if you see my dad run, because he's going to talk to you for like (laughs) five hours, like we'll go to dinner and we'll, we'll order our, our meal. And before we can order the meal, he has to know where did the person come from? Where did their parents come from? Where do they live now? How do they get into this industry? What are they doing next? Like my dad is just a very interesting and interested person. And, um, I don't know, I, I think that growing up and even now, everybody always said, Says that they feel like a member of our family when they're with our family for any amount of time So the idea behind this show is just opening that up Mm -hmm. to everybody
0: Um, Do you feel like middle child syndrome is a thing and do you have it? Yes. It's 100%
2: a thing. I grew up smack dab in the middle. My older brother and sister are almost Irish twins. And then there's three years, then there's me. And then my younger brother and sister are are also almost Irish twins. So I was just like, really, I was like a little lonely Island in the middle of all of them. (laughs) And I didn't really, I wasn't necessarily like the older dominant ones, but I wasn't really the younger cute ones. So I just fell in the middle somewhere. I was regularly forgotten, literally like places, but it's funny. Like we laugh about it now.
0: <laughs> Wait, like home alone
2: style. You were forgotten somewhere. Like literally like the grocery store one time, swim, <laughs> swim, like, but I, it sounds bad looking back on it, but it's just because there was so, it sounds bad if you weren't there, but it's not yeah. that bad. I have great parents. They're absolutely wonderful, but I was truly forgotten all the time. There was just way too much going on. Yeah. Like they both worked full time. There were five kids within eight years of each other, like five kids under eight years old. That's nuts. I
0: mean, what are, what are some of your favorite memories from growing up with, with like this fun, crazy, chaotic life? Um, Honestly, I feel like everything with us did
2: really revolve around food. Um, Mm -hmm. We just Food is what my mom has a bumper sticker on her car that says, love people, cook them yummy food. That's Mm -hmm, like her mm -hmm. only bumper sticker. So I don't know. I I feel like cooking with my siblings, making brownies, making cookies, making pancakes, the smell of fresh bacon in the morning, honestly, watching food network, watching two fat ladies. Do you remember that show? No, it's literally, it's was our favorite show. It's called two fat ladies. And it. I just looked it up. It, it, um, actually stopped. I think their last season was in 1999, which okay. makes me feel very, very old, but, um, <laughs> I guess we would watch maybe some of the reruns too, cause I was 92, but who knows? Um, but anyway, it was this adorable, the, this adorable si- sisters, two ador- adorable sisters that would run around on this motorcycle. But anyway, anybody listening will know and they'll be like, Oh my God, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so That was awesome. And just, yeah, just spending time with each other, being crazy. I feel like also being from a big family and having parents that worked all the time. I, I think there were very formative experiences just with the
0: five of us, like just each other with each other, like surviving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what, what are some of your favorite things that your mom cooks? So, well, it's funny. You mentioned that we have a few
2: very, uh, coveted family rest- recipes. One revolves around this pizza pan that my mom has had for like four generations now. And, um, I just made calzones in it yesterday. Actually we like ship it around to all of us. It's literally been people. There have been five generations eating off of this pan. It makes the absolute best, best, best pizza ever. And like croutons, calzones, focaccia, um, anything like that bread. It's so Interesting and it's never been washed and it is just honestly it's the most probably the most coveted thing in our entire family. But besides that, um just a lot of Italian, like chicken and polenta,
1: mm-hmm.
0: lasagna, lasagna, <laughs> multiple. <laughs> uh wait, yeah. I want to hear more about this pizza pan or this calzone pan because I, I definitely saw you making the calzone in your stories last night and everybody enjoying it uh during the football game. Um so like who, how do you decide yeah. like who gets to have custody of the pan at any certain time? Well, I actually called the pan and
2: it apparently fell on deaf ears because everybody, like I called the pan to take, to inherit someday. Oh, you, you called dibs on it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everybody forgot that, has since forgotten that. So who knows what will happen? It will be like the sisterhood of traveling pan. pan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And brotherhood. Uh, Wait, so is it an actual pan or is it like, is it like... Funny enough. Yeah, it's actually a roasting pan. Okay. It's jet black. It's never been washed (laughs) and it makes the absolute best carbs you've ever had. <laughs> uh, it sounds incredible. Um, I feel like I need to. I need one of those pans uh, of my own. But I. I mean, it's like you can't replicate that, right? Like generations of, of pizza I, and calzones and everything. I
2: think you can try. Like William Sonoma has a really good pizza stone that I love, and it's the same idea. Just never wash it, and like <laughs> let's see what it
0: looks like in literally a hundred years. Yeah, a hundred years. It might be as good as this one. All right. Well, we'll, we'll check back with you uh, in, in a century from now. Um, <laughs> But yeah. uh, do you remember the first thing that you learned to cook? Um, I think for all of us, it, was, it, it had to have
2: either been pancakes, cookies, brownies, like something not good for
0: you, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> or very good for you, obviously.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that that was it. Oh, yeah, that's true. I feel like, I don't know. Aside from that, everybody needs to know how to make chicken or pasta or eggs. Like I remember eggs. Cause with eggs, a fried egg in particular, you're like, mm-hmm. gosh, how that, how do they flip this thing? Like when you're really <laughs> little. So, um, that one, I remember, cause it, eggs are trial and error. And they're very, they're very fun for a little because You have to figure out how am I going to crack this without getting shells in it?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and it's a it's a very good skill to, you know, to have for the rest of your life, for sure. Yeah, obviously, like food is, is such, you know, a central part of your family and your life. I'm sure holidays are very festive in your family as well. What are some holiday traditions you guys have? Every holiday, I feel like there's at least five people like pandemic
2: or not that I just don't know. My mom just <laughs> invites anybody over. It's like, she'll meet somebody like at the grocery store and be like, come over. Yeah. We're having a huge party. But, um, for, for Christmas, we do the seven fishes mm. for, um, I realize that for every holiday, it's always like whatever the tradition is. And then a roast, mm. we always have a roast because I don't know. We just like yeah. them, I guess. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's really, as far as tradition goes, um, mm. it's just like more about the people, like the strangers that just wander <laughs> in. There's always a stray animal. I love like that. Always.
0: Really. I've always wanted to do um, the Feast of the Seven Fishes. For anybody that doesn't know that tradition, that Italian, very Italian tradition, what what is it? And what, what do you guys do for it?
2: Literally, well, for our family, which I don't know as far as the origin of this tradition but it's literally just seven versions of seafood seven fishes mm-hmm. and um I wish I did know the
0: actual origin of it but we just do it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what's your favorite you know fish preparation that you guys uh, enjoy uh, on Christmas I I love a cod which is also a
2: codfish like a salted cod sometimes sometimes it's salted sometimes not um or a filleted branzino anything like that uh, i also love calamari which i love shrimp like we get the biggest jumbo shrimp cocktail i love a giant shrimp cocktail oh wait i forgot my oh my absolute favorite of our seven fishes cuisines is a seafood chowder how could I forget? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Yeah, very
0: very Rhode Island of you as well. <laughs> very Rhode Island also it's it's cold, mm-hmm. it's freezing, so you want to have a oh, nice warm soup. Oh, that sounds so good. I mean, where where are you going to be celebrating Christmas? LA, Rhode Island or San Francisco? The 49ers play on Christmas Eve. What are you guys going to do?
2: Oh, no, no, no. I will never give up Rhode Island for Christmas. That's just never <laughs> happening. I mean, I absolutely love the Bay Area and I'm such a I'm so happy about San Francisco and I absolutely love my house here in LA too, but, uh, uh I'm always in Rhode Island. I'm always with my, my
0: family and my, my friends from childhood. And that's where I always am. (laughs) Oh, uh, what, what's so special about, about Rhode Island that time of year? It's just home. I think it's just home. It's all the fields. It's nostalgia.
2: My parents are still in the same house that we were all born into and, um, we have the same same traditions, same actually new traditions now are like every every year now we're up until like two in the morning putting together all of Aurora's my sister's kids toys. But um Oh fun. Yeah. Just everything. The weather. I don't understand. I don't understand what a warm Christmas would be like, but <laughs> it sounds nice to try someday. Someday, maybe.
0: Coming up next, Olivia tells us about her two restaurants in Rhode Island and gives us a scoop on what it was like co-hosting Beat Bobby Play.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs.
2: LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new
1: job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, speaking of Rhode Island, you co founded two restaurants there, Back 40 and Union and Maine. What made you want to venture into the hospitality industry? I think coming from,
2: I think there's a few things there coming from a really big family. Our, our time together was always, was always around food and always around the communion of food, celebrating together, brings you together. It's also creative and it's fulfilling and it's a sign of love for us Food is a sign of love. We wouldn't have anybody walk in without asking if they're hungry or thirsty or feeding them. Like my mom is just always, even if you're not hungry, like she's going to force you to eat something. So that's what (laughs) I always was raised in. Like she is a true force feeder. You will not be able to leave without eating something. So that's what we grew up in. And I think I realized from a really young age, like when you walk into a restaurant, you get that same feeling. It feels like a warm hug. And it feels like love, like food is love Mm. to me and to my family. And I have to say, I was thinking about that this also this morning. And I realized the other thing too, is like when, when we were all really little and there were like, there were seven of us to go out to dinner was such a luxury. Mm -hmm. It did not happen often at all. And it was a big deal and it was so exciting. And I remember my little sister always wanted to like go to the bathroom to see what it looked like, like like, literally like five times. I don't know. So, So anyway, I think there was always this idea and it's, and it's so true. It's like, that is a luxury. That is a gift. That is an awesome experience to have and to be able to do. So I think to be able to provide that for other people, is kind of, it's like
0: spreading love and joy. That's awesome. Um, what, what's challenged you about those ventures so far? Challenges, the unknown for sure, Mm
2: -hmm. the unknown and the quirks in the beginning, and also just understanding that it's not always an immediate success. And, um, that's really it. I I feel so lucky though, because I get to do this with my family and Mm -hmm. I trust them so much. I I would have a whole other laundry list of concerns if I wasn't doing it with people that I truly would do anything for and I know that they would do anything for me, you know?
0: Cuz I feel mm. like I trust them. On the flip side, what's been the the most rewarding part about, you know, owning restaurants and and doing so, you know, back in your in your home state? Uh I love the community that we've been able
2: to build. I love being able to bring people together and just the idea of um putting you know being able to to show everybody on my instagram that maybe isn't necessarily even in Rhode Island that
0: Rhode Island has great food. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what speaking of which what are what are some of your favorite things on the menus? So with Union and Maine we have
2: our our menu actually has been changing quite a bit. And with the back 40, this is so stupid, but I absolutely, we have a Nashville fried chicken sandwich. You just, Yeah, you just can't go wrong. Oh, yum. Yeah, you just, you just (laughs) can't can't go go wrong (laughs) with a fried chicken especially
0: like a spicy one for sure.
2: So also Union in Maine has fresh pasta. So anything, anything in the pasta area, carb loading at Union in Maine would be my go-to.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, especially, you know, given your upbringing and everything. Was that kind of like a a non-negotiable thing that you wanted to have, you know, some fresh pasta on the menu? Yes, Definitely.
2: It's funny though, I remember growing up and we'd have we would have spaghetti and meatballs literally every Monday that we had like every Monday was just me knew it was gonna be spaghetti and meatballs. So when I would when I was older and people would be like, Oh my God. I want spaghetti. I want spaghetti and meatballs. Like there was a period after I left my house where I was just like, I can't look at spaghetti and meatballs, but now I love it. So it really did come full circle. Is, it, is there
0: spaghetti and meatballs on the menu
2: there? <laughs> There's a bolognese, which is similar. Okay. But isn't right. it funny that it's like, it just reminded me of Mondays. Who likes a Monday? But yeah. now I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's sometimes that, it, you know, you have to have some space and some, you know, distance from things from your childhood until you can like really appreciate them. I remember, you know, my dad listened to country music all the time, so I grew up, like, hating country music, and now I love it. You know, just it's like, oh, no, I like it. <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, it reminds you of being like, no, I want to do my own thing. I don't want what you want right yeah. now. Or I what don't want to listen to this do. in the yeah. truck. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, well, your TLC show is not your first foray into the Discovery family. You actually had the chance to guest co-host on Be Bobby Flay a few years ago on the Beauty and the Beast episode Uh, What was that experience like for you? That was so fun That
2: was so, so fun I think that was my second time actually Okay On Beat Bobby Flay I feel so lucky The amount of I mean, I'm just obsessed with the Food Network But anyway (laughs) Yeah, it was an amazing experience I'm always starstruck when I see anybody from the Food Network Because I'm just like I'm just such a big fan Um, But it was awesome I had a great time uh, Speaking of which uh, What was it like uh, teaming up with Scott Conant? that was really fun. I remember asking him, um, actually at that time I hadn't been involved in any restaurants, I don't think. So I remember picking his brain and, um, really getting to know him and he, he was so, so kind, so lovely. Um, it was so cool to see everybody up close and personal. Um, Making this this delicious food, and then of course mm-hmm. being able to try it was also awesome.
0: <laughs> Anything that surprised you just about you know like the the production and the the filming process of that show? I was kind of surprised about
2: the heckling, the live audience that's there. They are rather ruthless, so um, <laughs> that was kind of funny to to, to see.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I. What's your what what were your takeaways after seeing Bobby Flay cook in person? I mean, he's just so good. He's mm-hmm. so
2: good. And I, and I watch the show so often. Um, and I think one of the things that he always, like, he just always shocks me that, he, I mean, it's so hard to beat him. And even things like someone will come in and make like a fresh pasta from hand and then he'll do the same recipe, but he'll say, he'll know, like, I'm not going to have enough time to make this fresh pasta dry enough. So
0: I'm going to go with a, boxed pasta and it's better. Like he just knows, <laughs> he, like he always wins. He does. Who would have thunk? I know. Yeah. He's just so, he's, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but yeah, he's just so good at, obviously at cooking, but also at cooking competitively, because I think those are different skills and he's good at both of them, which is really you know, annoying and, and frustrating for everybody that's trying to take him down for sure. I 100% agree. It's like every it's not rigged. guys. <laughs> He's actually that good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is the number one question I get all the time. Anytime one of my episodes airs, they're like, does he like, is it rigged? Does he know about the dish ahead of time? Like, no, he doesn't know anything. He's really just yeah, really no. annoyingly like <laughs> fabulous, at, you know, cooking in a short time frame. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite food, current food network show. We know what your, your previous food network show fave was. You have a, a current favorite or a current favorite personality. Current favorite. So
2: I was on the kitchen with Jeffrey and Sonny. I absolutely love that show. Um, Oh gosh, there's so many. I really, I really, and to be honest with you, there's a lot of like OGs that I'm just obsessed with. Obviously chopped is like an absolute OG. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I remember growing up with good eats with Alton Brown and just being like, Oh my God, this is the wackiest stuff ever that, that always used to blow my, blow my mind or emerald. Like I still do like, bam, when I'm cooking, I just did that <laughs> yesterday. Um, and then Ina Garden, I'm absolutely yeah. who doesn't if you don't have Barefoot she's Contessa, you do not have those cookbooks, like, like you gotta get those cookbooks. And if you're getting anybody a cookbook, you just have to get all the Barefoot Contessa cookbooks because she's the best.
0: She is, she is literally the best. No, we, we wanna get her on the podcast, you know, for sure. She is definitely um, you know, a goal, a goal guest for sure. <laughs> um if you had a cooking show, what would what would it be called? Um oh gosh
2: well we do have cooking culpo i mean those are two seeds yeah. um a cooking cook with Culpo. Come cook. With I like culpo. it. I don't I, know. We'll
0: workshop it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we need to workshop it. What do you guys <laughs> yeah. think? Listening? Let us know. Uh, no, this has been so much fun. Um, we are going to finish things off with a little rapid fire round. And then we have one final question that we ask everybody here at the end of each episode on Food Network Obsessed. So rapid fire round, which sibling are you closest to? We're all very close. I would say my older sister has gotten me through more because
2: she knows more. And I always say that the way that I get through life is basically just learning from all of her mistakes. So because of that, I will give her today on this day in particular, I'll say that I like her the best, but I don't always. And she gave me this cold. So actually, I don't know how I feel about her.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see if she if she listens and uh, and, and, and she's upstairs. You, uh, she can hear <laughs> Okay, uh, which Colpo sister is the best cook. I am (laughs) (laughs) most elite pasta shape.
2: Oh, I like a penne. You know what? Actually, I take it back. I just like a standard spaghetti with an amazing, bright, uh, uh, just like an amazing, bright red tomato
0: sauce. That's what I want. Mm. You play the cello very well. What is a song that you would love to learn? Learn? Well, I can pretty much play anything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so what's your favorite song to play then? The Elgar Cello Concerto. I don't know if you know what that one is. <laughs> I I don't, but I, now I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah.
2: The Elgar Cello Concerto. It's beautiful. You love it. Actually, seriously listen to it. You'll be
0: like, oh, this is beautiful. All right. All right. Um, your favorite date night meal for you and your boyfriend, Christian McCaffrey? Chicken parm. Love Love a chicken parm. I and Absolutely I saw your that. your chicken parm sliders for game day look pretty good as well. They are so good. You have to try that with the Hawaiian rolls. Okay. I'm, I mean, I I love all those things. So um, you don't have to convince me too much. Um, <laughs> best part of your thirties so far? Um. Yeah. I don't know.
2: You know. Everybody's like. Everybody's like. Oh, thirties are the new twenties. I'm like, really? <laughs> like it's it's like. <laughs>
0: I'm still trying to figure it out. Let me get back to you on it. Fine. All right, perfect. Uh wait wait till 40. I mean, then then it's then it's a whole nother a whole nother ballgame. Exactly. uh, your favorite red carpet moment. Ah, uh, oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Favorite
2: red carpet moment. Oh, what is it? Uh I remember going to the Golden Globes with, I had a signature cocktail with Moet and that was mm. very, very fun because I absolutely love champagne and I felt, yes. um, I was like, why am I here? But that was why
0: <laughs> so that was cool. <laughs> I love that. That sounds cool. A uh, guilty pleasure snack. I really like peanut M&M's and ice
2: cream. Yeah, peanut M&M's and ice cream.
0: <laughs> all right. I love it. Um, all right. So final question. This is not rapid fire. And this is what would be on your menu for your perfect food day? Um, so we just want to know breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. Um, there are no rules. So you can travel, time travel, spend you know absurd amounts of money. It can you know be prepared by anybody. Um, there are no rules. Calories don't count. Wow. Uh, we just want to here, your ideal eating day. <laughs> okay, uh, what time of year is it? Uh, whatever you want. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, okay, um, okay. So we're gonna start out with a delicious, warm, hot cinnamon roll.
1: Mm, yum. Act-
2: like we're not being, we're not skimping out on the um, icing. We're nope. not. And there's no raisins in it. And it's just absolutely (laughs) delicious and melt-in-your-mouth quality with coffee. And then we're going to move on to... Okay, for lunch, we're going to have... We're going to start out with caviar on Bellini's. I actually don't really like caviar, but with champagne, it's like, I just feel fancy. So we're going to do that. <laughs>
1: and you said we can ball
2: out. So why not? Yeah, we're, we're balling <laughs> out. You can have whatever you want. <laughs> then we are going to have the oysters at Matunic Oyster Bar in Rhode Island. Mm, yum. Because they are absolutely amazing. It's on an oyster farm. That's like, once you have oysters straight off the oyster farm, like you really can't. It's a game changer. Rhode Island, (laughs) yeah, they just have the best. Then we're going to have a lobster roll. Yes. Those are my other like Rhode Island favorite. Do you go hot or cold? I go hot, actually hot. Okay, yes. And then also clam cakes and chowder from Mm Iggy's in Rhode Island, which is another Rhode Island classic. That will be our like afternoon snack. Yeah. And then for dinner, we are going to have my mother's linguine and clams, Mm. because it's absolutely amazing. And we are going to pair that with some lovely rosé. And then for dessert, oh, dessert. Oh my gosh. We are going to have a chocolate lava cake. I know that's kind of basic, but like, it just never gets old for me with (laughs) um, vanilla ice cream.
0: That sounds like a like a really fantastic food day. I would yeah. completely crush all of those things. So, um <laughs> and it sounds very on brand and very um, you know, nostalgic to your your home state of Rhode Island. So It's very coastal comfort, which is what our restaurants are. So, I guess that kind of fits the bill. It's kind of sad that I didn't mention them in that, but Then I would go there. I would go there the next day and have all the things there. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I think that's it's a perfect two days of eating. So, Uh, no, this has been so fun um, chatting with you. And I cannot wait for the finale of your show. And uh, best of luck with uh, all of all of your endeavors that you have coming up. Thank you, too. You can catch new episodes of the Culpo Sisters Monday nights at 9, 8 central on TLC and streaming on Discovery Plus. Make sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. We love it when you do that. That's all for now. We'll catch you foodies next Friday.